Van Barakas. <clears throat> Excuse me. Saturday, March 24th, somewhere around 9.30 a.m., give or take a few minutes to the left or right. Haven't come to you lately because I haven't had much to say. But this past week has been pretty emotional for me. It was the birthday of my, um, my father who passed away a few years ago. And I come to you today just wanting to share with you a little bit of um, his sayings and the way he was. It's going to be a bit scattered and all over the place, but... Uh, and and profane as well because that's just the type of guy he was he um he was the type of dude that always had a shirt tucked in he used to tell me uh gather up four of my friends because out of every five out of every five people there's one dumbass born and if you can't identify the dumbass then then you fucked up um he used to tell me i was a king but he also told me that the crown was no cure for a headache he told me that anger was one letter short of danger, control your emotions. He used to tell me there was no wins and no losses. There was only victories and lessons. He used to tell me to, to pray for the best sword and also pray for never having the need to use it. He used to tell me that a strong tree don't care nothing about a hurricane. He said that there was no negotiations between the fly and the spider. He also told me that eagles don't chase nor catch flies. Lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. He said rocks didn't require protection from the rain. He told me that once regret sets in, it replaces dreams. And at that point, ball game um, he used to tell me and all my brothers um, he raising men ain't gonna be no playing grab ass in there you know take all that outside this ain't Robert King High Park this is where it's gonna get a bit vulgar <clears throat> but understand that there was a lesson to be learned either way he said you don't pay a hoe to fuck. You pay a hoe to leave. He used to say, don't run down and fuck one cow. Walk down. Fuck them all. He used to tell me he's not going to tell me things not one more time because he already told me 5011 times. And I'm still trying to wonder if 5011 was 5011 or if it was 61. Um, he was a straight up guy. He wasn't racist. But all black people was niggas. All white people was crackers. If you was Hispanic, you was a Chico. If you were uh, Asian, you was a Chino or a Chink. And if you were from Saudi or if you were from, Arab, from uh, Arabic descent, you was an Arab or a sand nigga. Um, he called soda, soda water. He called Honey bun, sweetie goes. He called. Um, he, he ate sardines with. He ate nasty ass sardines with um, hot sauce and crackers. That shit's gross. When something was hot, he said it was hotter than fish grease. He taught me that all of that glitters is not gold. I'm still trying to figure out where my, my man Tranglers are. 
inside joke. Um, Big Joseph, I love you. And I miss you. R.I.P. Bam Baracus. Bam Baracus. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning on April 20th. It's not an original story, but it's something that I heard um, some days ago. And I like to cite where I heard it from or the person I heard it from. But I can't remember. But it's not an original. But just to, to cap on what I'm saying. Two older gentlemen are both very wealthy. They're very, both very well off. They both fall ill, terminally ill. From two different walks of life, although they're both very successful entrepreneurs. Let's call one Mr. Black and one Mr. White. The colors have absolutely nothing to do with their race, but it's just the distinction between the two to let you know who I'm talking about. Mr. Black and Mr. White end up hitting it off and they have a very, very good friendship. They're both on the same level, or at least so they think. Mr. Black and Mr. White hit it off so much that every day they find themselves spending their time together. Just talking. No board games. Just talking. Sharing life experiences. They're sharing life experiences so much that Mr. Black and Mr. White want to get to a point to where they're roomies. Mr. Black has a physical ailment. He has absolutely no strength in his body. Mr. White has an ailment, but we don't know what that ailment is yet. Mr. Black doesn't know for sure. Mr. White asks for the bed next to the window. Every day Mr. Black comes to Mr. White and says, I don't have the strength to pull myself up. Pull yourself up, look at that window and tell me what you see. Mr. White then says, out the window, I see kids walking. I see balloons, I see the sun shining. I see a beautiful lake, I see a meadow, I see the flowers. You can almost smell the pollen. Mr. Black says, damn. Man, one day I'm gonna have the power to pull myself up. A couple of days pass, a couple of weeks pass, a couple of months pass. Mr. White falls really ill. Mr. White ends up dying. The nurse takes Mr. White wherever it is that she has to take him. Mr. Black tells the nurse when she comes back, Listen, I need you to pull my bed next to the window. Once I find the strength, I'm going to pull myself up so I can see what Mr. White was telling me about. Days pass, weeks pass, months pass, and Mr. Black finally finds the strength to pull himself up. Just to find out when he pulls himself up to the window, all he's looking at is a damn wall. There's absolutely no scenery down, down below. The nurse comes in, Mr. Black, like, what the hell going on? I thought it was a meadow down here, late, kids playing. I was told that the flowers looked so vibrant that you could almost smell the pollen. The nurse is like, where the hell did you get that from? Mr. Black like, shit, I got that from Mr. White. She's like, you didn't know? I didn't know what? She's like, Mr. White was blind. He had absolutely no vision. So I guess the moral of that story is to be selfless, even to the point of 
um, perception. There's always something you can give to brighten up your neighbor's day. Bamboracus.